0: This morning Matthew chapter 18 beginning in verse 21 then Peter came and said to him Lord if another member of the church sins against me how often should I forgive as many as seven times Jesus said to him not seven times but I tell you seventy-seven times For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you and in anger? His Lord handing him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, God. Last Sunday, Reverend Kathy Morris is our new Pastor in our department of pastoral care stood here to be your preacher She read you the paragraph right before where I started reading today You could think of this as part of the same conversation at least it's on the same theme and the same topic She was pointing out to us and helping us understand that the nature of sin as broken relationship with God self and others She reminded us that the text was saying to us that even if someone has sinned against us as followers of Christ, we are to be the first to respond, to take a step toward them, to take a step toward reconciliation. What we have just read this morning is that very next story. Verse 21, when Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord... If another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? You get the idea that Peter thinks that's a big number. But he wants a number. He wants a limit. He wants to know exactly how long he has to be kind and gracious and forgiving. And when he can bring the hammer down and cut the person off, maybe throw them out of the community of faith. He seems to be looking at forgiveness as a math problem rather than a human problem. Jesus hears the question but takes the discussion in a very different direction, away from math to human relations. He seems to be asking a very different question. How do we live together over time within the community of faith? Part of my COVID protocol was I became a big Netflix fan, and do you all watch Netflix? It has special limited series, new ones every month. We've got some right here. (laughs) The most recent one I watched was The Defeated. It's about 1946, Berlin, Germany. World War II is recently over. The city has been obliterated by Allied bombs. They have no government. They have no police department. The city's been divided into quadrants. The British, the French, the Americans, and the Russians, each running a different quadrant, not really cooperating with each other. The story follows two brothers from America who are both in Berlin. One has become a United States police officer and is on special assignment in Berlin to help them redevelop a police force for their city. The other one was an American GI who fought in the war and was with one of the units that liberated one of the prisoner of war camps. He saw the horror of what the Nazis had done to their prisoners. He could not get over it. He has gone AWOL because he has decided the way to justice is for him to track down any and every Nazi he can find, capture them, torture them, and then put them to death. Meanwhile, his brother has a group of people with no training who are supposed to be the police And he's trying to teach them what a justice system looks like what it looks to follow the facts arrest those who have done wrong but not torture and execute them have a justice system that sends them to trial and then decides the sentence it's two very different views of how do you get to peace how do you get to justice how do you find and create order and reconciliation after much harm has been done. I can't really recommend it as family viewing. It shows the grisly parts of the war and what happens afterward. But it does show how complicated the road to peace and justice and reconciliation can be And it shows what happens with vigilante justice and how that can go wrong. But how great your patience has to be if you're going to create law and order and follow a process toward justice. Peter, in our story today, represents all of us in a sense and represents that impulse to get to justice. When? Can I stop being kind and generous and forgiving and bring the hammer down? He wants to know how long does he have to be kind? How many times does he have to be forgiving? When is it okay to give up on one of your neighbors in the community of faith? He's thinking maybe seven times as i read through it i kind of wondered had peter been wronged by somebody and maybe already given them six chances or maybe seven and he's ready to bring the hammer down and he just needs jesus to give him the okay and he'll cast them out and he'll bring resolution if not reconciliation to the situation how long do i have to work toward reconciliation how long do christians have to follow jesus in terms of how we treat one another what's the limit there's got to be a limit peter seems to be saying just give me the number but instead of a number jesus gives him a story a parable remember parables are supposed to open our eyes and hearts anew to new possibilities of what life can be like, to new possibilities of living an abundant life in the community of faith. But the parables also supposed to grab our attention and shake us up a little bit so we can hear and see anew. Jesus in this parable is using what biblical scholars call prophetic hyperbole. Or what we could think of as exaggeration to give us a new view. It begins with Peter's question of how many times? Seven? And Jesus says, no, 77. So if you're counting, it's too many probably to keep track of over a lifetime. Well, maybe accountants could do it. But for most of us, we're going to lose track before we get to 77 Times of forgiveness in a relationship with somebody else within the community of faith. But it's an exaggerated number to get our attention. And then when Jesus begins to tell the parable, he says, This king calls people together who owe him, the very first one owes him 10,000 talents. Now, most of us don't know what a talent is, but our Bibles can help us. Mine has a handy footnote right after talent that says a talent was worth more than 15 years wages of a laborer. So 10,000 of those, 10,000 times 15, 150,000. It's an impossible number, especially for a slave. Who's going to be able to pay back hundred. Fifty thousand years of annual income—it's an absurd number. Jesus, you can see, is painting a portrait of extremes. And then the slave, after being forgiven, walks out, runs into another one who owes him. The Bible says one hundred denarii. Now, denarii is one day's wages, so about a hundred days of money compared to one hundred fifty thousand years. It makes it a very small number, a minuscule number. So we're expecting that the slave's going to forgive that small amount when he's just been given this huge amount, but no, he grabs him and begins to choke him out. He's having none of it. He's throwing him in prison. But again, remember, it's a parable. It's supposed to hold our intention and get us to think about how we behave And then we come to the end of the story, the king who had been so magnanimous, extending grace and kindness and being so very patient, calls the fellow back in, and this time, the Lord, the king, turns angry, and it says, throws this guy in prison to be tortured, It's an extreme response once again. But you might think of this as the snow globe sitting on the table. When you first see it, it's a serene picture or scene. But if you pick it up and shake it, and snow goes everywhere. It's a dramatically different scene. Jesus is trying to shake us up. Jesus is shaking up Peter and any and all of us who will listen to think about our human relationships in a new way, in a different way. Dare I say, in a Christian way. Forgiveness is more art than math, I think Jesus is saying. Forgiveness is ongoing lifestyle in the christian community not a limited act or as dr king said forgiveness is not an occasional act but a permanent attitude the good news for us is that in the parable the king does have patience and shows mercy and kindness and generosity and then, toward the end, with the second encounter with the slave, ask this in verse 33 Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? It's a question for all of us in terms of how we treat one another in the Christian community. Should I have not had mercy? Since I have known mercy, should I not show mercy and kindness and generosity to another because I have known that from the hand of God? It's almost as if Jesus is saying, don't be ridiculous, Peter. Quit counting. Start loving. It reminded me of the text when I asked this congregation a few years ago to vote for their favorite text. You remember what came out, number one? It was from the prophet Micah in the sixth chapter, the eighth verse. Do you remember what Micah wrote? God has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Peter is looking for The minimum, looking for the least. When can I stop being kind and generous and forgiving? Jesus asked, how should we treat each other in the community of faith? It seems to me he gives a pretty clear answer. The answer is with mercy, grace, and forgiveness with boundless love for one another over time again and again now this is not a license to sin because it's part of the longer story remember the story from last week which was if someone has violated you has sinned against you what does jesus say do but go to see them privately one-on-one and have a conversation see if you can reconcile if that doesn't work then Get a friend or two out of the community of faith and go again and continue the conversation if that doesn't work then bring it to the church now in the first century churches don't look like this our biblical scholars tell us typically a church would have been 12 to 18 people so think of a small group or your sunday school class Work with those who know you both, in other words, and see if you can come to reconciliation. But you notice in that story, to get to reconciliation, to have the forgiveness, you have to have some accountability and repentance from the one who violated you. The one who was the sinner has to cooperate if you're going to get there. If you go by yourself and they don't want to listen. If you go again, and they still don't want to be a part of it, if you ask the larger group, and they still are not interested, they're signaling that they no longer want to be a part of that group anymore. Jesus wants to think about how does the community of faith work best? How do a group of people who want to support one another treat each other along the way? Christian life, Jesus is saying, is community life, is life in community with one another, and to continue to live in community, then honesty, accountability, and repentance are also required, along with this ongoing forgiveness. Jesus is saying this is the way to life, and life abundant, this is the way Christians Love one another. See, Peter's gotten off track. Peter's looking to sever the relationship with his sinning neighbor. Jesus is looking to restore the relationship with his sinning neighbor. Rabbi Harold Kushner writes about forgiveness often. He says, Forgiveness frees us, those who are extending the forgiveness. He tells a story about how so often we get bound up with one who has hurt us, and even though we are the victim, we kind of keep the wounding alive. He illustrates that by telling a story of a woman in one of his congregations who came to him and said, You keep telling me I'm supposed to forgive, but my husband left me and the children and is off philandering with another woman. And you want me to forgive him when every month I have to say to the kids, we can't pay the bills, we have no money, we can't do those extra activities while he's off spending all that money, living that kind of life? And Rabbi Kushner says, he responds by saying, I'm not asking you to forgive him because what he did was acceptable it was not it was mean and selfish but i'm asking you to forgive him because he has no right to make you a bitter and angry woman as long as you keep churning this up he has a hold of you rabbi said i wish he was out of your life and out of your head emotionally as well as he is physically because you see every time you get all worked up at him you're not hurting him you're hurting yourself do yourself a favor and forgive him amen thanks be to god